an overview of Imperial Worlds. The scale of the Warhammer 40k universe is, in a word, comical. There are quadrillions of humans living across the galaxy on over a million different planets, to the point where the population of an entire planet being wiped out is just a small blip on a ledger somewhere. The Imperium of Mankind is an endless war machine, and so the grand majority of the Imperium's planets are devoted to continuing this war machine's existence in some way. From fresh soldiers, to weapons and vehicles, to food, and even faith, every planet serves some sort of purpose in the overall scheme, and more often than not, any given planet is dedicated to serving one or two functions over anything else. This leads us into the classification system used by the Imperium to denote a planet's primary function or characteristic. So let's go over a brief overview of the various types of planets seen across the Imperium. It should be noted, to start, that these classifications are quite broad, and a planet can certainly possess characteristics belonging to multiple classifications, or serve multiple purposes. A hive world, which is primarily associated with hosting a massive amount of people, also produces a huge quantity of materials, just not as high of quality as a forge world, and produces a solid number of potential soldiers, just perhaps not as brutal and hardy as those from feral worlds. With that segue then, let's discuss Hive Worlds, which are estimated to be the classification for somewhere between 10-25% to of the total quantity of Imperial planets. Hive Worlds earn their name due to their defining feature, the presence of massive Hive Cities. Huge accretions of urban sprawl stacked into the sky, housing billions of people each. While most Imperial planets contain at least one Hive cluster, Hive worlds contain thousands of these cities, covering the entire planet in metal and pollutants. These cities consist of many layers, with the poorest and most dangerous individuals residing in the lowest layer the Underhive, while the upper class live easy lives in the Upper Hive. Most Hive worlders work in factories, producing mountains of material and other basic goods in order to reach the demand of the Imperial Tithe, or are sent off to join up with the Imperial Guard or Navy. While the quality of the goods produced here doesn't compare to a Forge world, it's been said that the sacrifice of over a million Imperial soldiers is worth one day of a Hive World's production in weapons and armor. Obviously, the conditions of the average Hive World can't be understated, and are nightmarish for the lower class. Most Hive Worlders will never even see the sky, let alone leave the city level on which they are born, with their job decided even before then. They'll work tirelessly through their entire miserable lives, unless they're shipped off to die in a war on some other planet, and that's certainly the better option. Nearly everything within a hive city is recycled and reused, from the air, the water, the food, to their clothes and possessions. 
everything will have either been owned by another hive worlder previously, or will have already gone through someone else's body before being recycled over and over. The hive cities and their endless factories pollute the ground of the planet to a degree where nothing could ever hope to grow, so nearly all food has to be imported from agri-worlds, but there's rarely enough for the billions of people in each city. Instead, when a hive worlder dies, their bodies are recycled to produce corpse starch, a synthetic foodstuff that's necessary to keep others alive so that they can continue to work. Mutants, violent gangs, and crime of every imaginable sort run rampant throughout the Underhive, making them popular locations for chaos cultists to work their dark ways. Despite the near-totalitarian control of the levels above the Underhive, catastrophic unrest does sometimes occur, and a widespread riot can easily bring about the collapse of a Hive city. Hive worlds are an unfortunate necessity as far as the Imperium is concerned, as the sheer quantity of bodies and materials they produce is worth the suffering, but there are far better worlds for the average human to reside on. As mentioned, agri-worlds are obviously extremely important to the Imperium as well, providing all of the food for the rest of humanity. An agri-world is defined as any planet in which at least 85% of it is devoted to crop cultivation, hydroponics, animal fodder, or animal husbandry, and the population of these worlds generally consists of between 15,000 and 1 million people, spread across the entire planet. While it might be nice to imagine them as tranquil worlds of quiet farming and animals roaming the pastures, Obviously, these worlds are mercilessly industrialized and enforced to ensure that the tithes are always met. When the Imperium first finds a candidate for an agri-world, depending on its size, location, and soil quality, they first terraform the planet, scrubbing all pre-existing life through controlled virus chewers or by timed flame drops. The atmosphere is then regulated weather essentially disappears, replaced by controlled rain governed by satellites, and the empty landscape is divided up into colossal production zones, each patrolled by crawlers and pest thopters. Millions of base-level servitors are imported, genetically engineered cybernetic slaves, kept at the very lowest level of cognitive function, but bulked up by a ruthless level of muscle binders. Soon after the terraforming process is completed, every agri-world looks exactly the same, consisting of a flat plain of high-yield crops as far as the eye can see. The industrial fertilizer dumps are so powerful here that they turn the air orange and make it impossible to breathe unfiltered, and a single growing season exhausts the soil completely, requiring continual delivery of more sprays of nitrates and phosphates. The planet will be driven like this for thousands of years until it eventually breaks down and becomes a dead world, and although the quality of crops will get steadily worse, the quantity can be sustained almost indefinitely. 
at the end of each season, great harvester leviathans, the smallest of which are a hundred meters long, are used to suck up every last speck of grain, which are then taken into the city-sized processor vats, blasted with antibiotics, smashed, burned, crushed, and then stamped and packaged. Despite the common imperial propaganda of agri-worlds as bucolic lands where you can live outdoors with the sun on your back, life on an agri-world is an unrelenting, backbreaking, and monotonous existence, consisting of punishing work details in rad suits. There's a saying among the indentured workers that end up on one, you come for the soil, and you end up part of it. Survival certainly has its price, which for the Imperium is largely paid by its unfortunate common population. No doubt a better place for a human to live in the Imperium is on a feudal world, which is the designation for any planet with a human population in which their level of technology doesn't go above crude black powder firearms or so. These pre-industrial worlds typically have a population somewhere between 10 million and 500 million, and generally have little direct political or economic interference from the Imperium, and aren't required to pay quite as high of tithes. The people of a feudal world all owe allegiance to those above them, from the lowliest of peasants all the way up to the planetary governor who often resides on an orbiting space station to avoid upsetting the cultural balance. This ensures that the entire population of the planet is stable and kept in line, with no random wars breaking out over territory disputes. Life here for most is simple, harsh, and demanding, but unlike most planets in the Imperium, feudal worlds are often self-sufficient able to provide enough food for themselves, as well as some to pay the tithe, along with certain goods that would be unlikely to be found on other worlds, such as wooden furniture and pieces of art. Of course, soldiers are another popular export of feudal worlds, as even though they have to deal with a bit of culture shock from being introduced to the rest of the Imperium, the emphasis on nobility and honor makes them quite suitable for the guard. They also are popular locations for various space marine chapters to find new recruits, for similar reasons. Additionally, the more scholastic among them might end up joining the Adeptus Administratum, or the Imperial Creed. That being said, oftentimes the Imperium will discover a feudal world and decide to take it over completely, turning it into a forge world or an agro world in order to maximize production rather than letting it remain a medieval society. The exceptions to this are often night worlds, which are similarly feudal in nature, but which are ruled by noble houses that are trained in their ancestral combat walkers called Imperial Knights. These battle suits hail from humanity's age of technology, and while the modern Imperium can make various versions of these knights, the real advantage of the night houses is that they possess generations of individuals that will spend their lives training and bonding with the house's ancestral knights. Somewhat similar to feudal worlds, in that they've been allowed to develop somewhat naturally rather than overhauled for a single purpose, are the civilized worlds. 
These worlds are pretty common throughout the Imperium, often being self-sufficient and possessing a population anywhere from 15 million up to 10 billion. They pay a moderately high tithe to the Imperium and may possess large, sprawling urban areas, but haven't quite reached the levels of being true hive cities. These worlds are of course still ruled by a planetary governor, and will generally be aware of the overall Imperium, so they will have temples to the God Emperor and will be prepared to be shipped off to join the Guard. These worlds are widely varied, but the average one is probably pretty similar to our present day Earth, making it certainly one of the safest and most pleasant locations for the average person to reside. On the flip side we have Feral Worlds, the most primitive of the human worlds within the Imperium. The technological level of these worlds often resides within the Stone Age, and the population consists of hunter-gatherer societies using primitive tools and weapons. Assuming that the Imperium doesn't take over the planet for some other reason, such as the soil being abundant or rich mineral deposits, the world will be ruled over by a planetary governor, largely for the purpose of recruitment. The harsh living conditions here is ideal for producing hardy soldiers for the Guard or the Adeptus Astartes. Sometimes these primitive recruits are trained in massive groups and vast drill camps, whilst other times they're simply given a las gun and thrown into a war zone. Culture shock is of course an issue, and can even result in madness, but those that maintain their grip on sanity will often retain their primitive superstitions and tribal ways. Of course, distrust and aversion to witchcraft is always seen as a positive within the Imperium. Death worlds are similar in that they're harsh planets that produce capable soldiers, but these are worlds in which the native flora and fauna has evolved in such a way to be nearly inimical to human life. Humans can and do live on these worlds, but it's a never-ending struggle, with the population ranging from as few as 1,000 to as much as 15 million. Death worlds take many forms, from jungle-covered hellholes to barren volcanic wastelands, and most of them do not contain human settlements, but rather imperial outposts and support facilities. Some of these planets are rich in minerals, animals, vegetables, or gases, so tithes can get set up, but as mentioned, some of the hardiest soldiers in the Imperium come from death worlds, the most notable of which is Catacan and its jungle fighters. It's been theorized that many death worlds are the result of biological seeding by ancient Tyranid hive fleets, as many of the monstrous creatures on these worlds have features in common with Tyranid organisms and may be descended from them. Similarly titled, but quite a bit different, are Dead Worlds, which are planets devoid of any ecosystem, atmosphere, or native life. These worlds generally aren't worth the massive terraforming process that would be required to make them habitable, but the Imperium and the Adeptus Mechanicus will occasionally use them to host research stations. These facilities are used to study planetary storm patterns, dissecting captured Xeno corpses, 
charting the stability of warp entry locations, or probing the remains of ancient civilizations. Many of these worlds have always been dead, but some were reduced to that state through external events, such as a devastating war, a tyrannid incursion, or an exterminatus carried out by the Imperium. Necrons will often inhabit dead worlds, hibernating in ancient underground vaults, and if the Imperium becomes aware of this, the world will also gain the classification of a tomb world. Forge worlds are unique in that they are not governed by the branches of Adeptus Terra, but are solely controlled by the Adeptus Mechanicus. Forge worlds are completely covered in factories and industrial complexes, with mines burrowing deep into the planetary crust. The air is saturated with toxic gases, and rivers flow with toxic runoff from the multitude of manufactoria, and in many cases even the seas and oceans of the world have been purposefully evaporated to make room for more manufactoria. Life here is harsh, even by imperial standards, as every child born is tested extensively to best find their use and how might they serve the Mechanicus and the Omnisaya. The most promising might eventually join the priesthood of the cult Mechanicus, a percentage of the most physically able might become Skitari warriors, but most are going to become part of the endless ranks of forge workers. These workers are free to make what lives they can for themselves, in conditions similar to that of a hive world, as long as their work quotas are met and order is maintained. Forge worlds are responsible for the bulk of the weapons, munitions, spacecraft, vehicles, and of course the titans, the giant walking war machines belonging to the Mechanicus. Every forge world will make certain things in their own specific ways, called patterns, so that a tank from one forge world will be characteristically different from another forge worlds. Forge worlds will also have a large number of shrines devoted to the Mechanicus deity, the Omnisaya, as they are just as much holy worlds to the Mechanicus as shrine worlds are to the rest of the Imperium. There also exist the somewhat similar industrial worlds, which are also planets wholly devoted to manufacturing and heavy mining, but these are controlled by the branches of Adeptus Terra rather than the Mechanicus. These comprise the main classifications for worlds belonging to the Imperium of Mankind, but there are plenty of lesser classifications that further indicate the definition and purpose of a world. There are of course the Adeptus Astartes homeworlds, home to a space marine fortress monastery, and ruled by the chapter master. These worlds are exempt from normal imperial tithes, and are the base at which each space marine chapter trains and houses their Astartes as well as recruit new aspirants in the case of many chapters. Some chapters are entirely fleet-based, with one of their ships acting as their fortress monastery, such as the Imperial Fists, so they possess no homeworld. The Ecclesiarchy of the Imperium handles two different types of planets, the Shrine Worlds and the Cardinal Worlds. A Cardinal World is any that is controlled by the Ecclesiarchy, 
and generally don't have any real religious significance beyond that. There might be a high concentration of priests there, or massive theological libraries, but otherwise it's meant to be a somewhat self-sufficient world ruled by a cardinal of the ecclesiarchy. Shrine worlds, on the other hand, while also ruled by the ecclesiarchy, are noted as such for being devoted to a saint of the Imperium, or are otherwise holy sites. These worlds are places of eternal rest for holy men and women of the Imperium, and the surfaces of these planets are covered in cathedrals, shrines, and hollowed crypts. They often attract huge amounts of pilgrims that come to pay honor and respect to the saints and other renowned individuals here, or otherwise step foot on a planet where a great miracle was said to occur. Most shrine worlds fall into another category, such as being an agra world, a hive world, or even a death world, but become a shrine world due to having a strong relationship with a saint or a miracle. War worlds are those that are classified as being a war zone, where a long-term conflict is ongoing, filled with immense armies of millions of troops, mercenaries, pirates, and reavers. These worlds have been devastated by orbital bombardment and artillery that has lasted for decades, and when or if these worlds ever cease conflict, there's a good chance that they'll end up as dead worlds. If not, the Imperium will eventually send colonists from overcrowded worlds, willingly or not, to repopulate the planet, but this process may take centuries for the bureaucracy to accomplish. Similarly, fortress worlds are those situated in key locations that serve as bastions of the Imperium's defense against a constant and persistent threat. These are extremely well defended, and their populations and economies are wholly geared towards meeting the demands of Imperial defense. The most famous of these was Cadia, located next to the Eye of Terror, but it was destroyed during the 13th Black Crusade. Paradise worlds, or pleasure worlds, are the rare planets that possess an outstanding natural beauty and atmosphere. These are used for the enjoyment of important imperial visitors, such as members of major noble houses, the novice noblite, planetary governors, important ecclesiarchy officials, imperial commanders, rogue traders, and wealthy chartist captains. These are often very cultured places, with large portions of the population dedicated to producing works of art, music, or other forms of entertainment and the worlds are filled with casino complexes, opulent restaurants, and huge ballrooms. The tithes here are either very low or non-existent, as many are only lightly populated, but life here is extremely tranquil, with some using it to quietly train or contemplate. That being said, they're not without problems, and pleasure worlds often host one or more chaos cults dedicated to Slanesh, the Prince of Pleasure, especially worlds that cater to the tastes of more depraved guests. Other imperial classifications for worlds include penal worlds, for housing human convicts in mass, cemetery worlds, for the burial of large amounts of honored dead, 
armory worlds that are used to store massive amounts of weapons, ammunition, and war machines while awaiting transportation, numbering in the millions of tons, and waste worlds used entirely for the dumping and storage of unusable materials, chemical and biological wastes, and other useless and toxic manufacturing byproducts. There are also the classifications for worlds not currently in control by the Imperium, such as Demon Worlds, Orc Worlds, Tau Worlds, and Exodite Worlds, protected by Craft World Eldar in the hope that they will one day use them to regain their empire. As I mentioned, the scale of this setting is rather comical, and it's simply too hard to really fathom what it would mean to have an entire planet covered end-to-end -end in factories or farms. The scale of the setting is so that planets can easily get wiped out, with billions upon billions of lives lost, and it's a relatively minor event as far as humanity and the Imperium is concerned, since they'll just set up ten more like it. This scale is obviously a very amusing part of Warhammer 40k, especially when considering that humans aren't even the most populous species in the galaxy, as that honor goes to the orcs, or perhaps the Tyranids. The life of a single person in this universe is infinitesimally insignificant, carrying out their entire life in one tiny section of one planet amongst a million, all in glorious service to the Imperium and the God Emperor.